Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. On today's show, we look back at another disappointing loss for the Hornets against the Clippers. And is Kemba Walker getting a little tired? Plus a preview of tonight's home game against the Philadelphia 76ers. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Locked On Locked On Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it on this Monday, another week of Charlotte Hornets talk to get through. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Can we get through it, Doug? Can we make it through another week? Well, listen, we certainly have enough to talk about after that game against the Los Angeles Clippers. A lot to get to with that. We're going to talk about Kimba's slump. I think it's official. We can call it a slump here in February. We'll roll through the stats and speculate as to why we feel like it's happening. Plus, we're going to preview this game tonight, the final game of their four-game homestand against the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, let's get into it. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, the NBA, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. We begin our show today in Charlotte where, David, stop me if you've heard this one before, the Hornets squandered away another chance to steal one from a better team and get their season back on track This time, it was against the Los Angeles Clippers on Saturday. The Hornets lose 107-102. to David, what were the biggest factors in your mind in this latest defeat? Mm, I mean, I think you mentioned it right off the top. Kimball Walker had one of his worst games of the season, I'd say. I mean, just could not get anything going. Airball, multiple shots, something you don't see ever. And, you know, the Hornets at times played well enough to win. I mean, we can just pull out. You know, we should just look for some old shows. I mean, we could really save ourselves a lot of time and just play play some of the old clips, right? You know, played well enough to win at times. Um, you know, had some guys step up. But, like, I mean, to me, like, whatever happens with this team, um, so much of it depends on Kemba that even when uh, other guys are stepping up, if you play a better team like that, then it's going to be tough to win without them. I mean, it's just... That, to me, that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think there were a couple of things going on. First of all, rebounding. It was going to be tough, David, yeah. coming into this game uh, to rebound because you didn't have Cody Zeller and you're going up against DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin on that front line. And even with Cody Zeller and Marvin Williams healthy, they were going to be outmatched physically by those two. And so you saw multiple opportunities for the Los Angeles Clippers to uh, run pick and roll plays and and get DeAndre Jordan open going towards the rim or offensive rebound opportunities that either led to three-pointers or putbacks for the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, They ended the game with 
Let's get that right number. Second chance points. Only eight. So that's surprising, mm-hmm. David. Only yeah. eight second chance. Only eight second chance points for the Los Angeles Clippers, but still they were getting extra possessions. Um, and then also the bench play, David, for uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Again, it's been inconsistent all season, and and they had another down night, um, especially in that second quarter when the Clippers at the beginning of that second quarter, when the Clippers went on a ten to one run, it was with uh, MKG, Miles Plumley, Jeremy Lamb, Marco Bellinelli, Brian Roberts on the floor, and it's just tough, David, when you have two players on the floor in Miles Plumley and Brian Roberts who are just not going to be able to give you much offensively. And then Michael right. K. Gilchrist isn't going to be able to spread the floor. There's yeah. going to be all kinds of problems offensively with that lineup. Well, your bench was fine. The problem was, I mean, scoring-wise, the problem was one of your bench guys was starting, and Frank Kaminsky had 20 points, five assists, eight rebounds. He had 17 points from Marco, and he had 13 from Jeremy Lamb. I mean, on a normal night off the bench, right, that's going to be something you like to see. But – when Frank started, when you don't have Cody, when you're getting nothing from Kemba. So look at three of your starters, right? MKG, Kemba, and Marvin. I mean, eight, ten, and nine. That's that's not going to be enough uh, to beat, you know, a Clippers team that's still shorthanded. But, um, you know, even on a good night, that's going to be tough to beat them. And you got 25 from Nick Batum, and that's a guy we talked about last week trying to be more aggressive. And I don't know about you, Doug, but he's certainly looking more aggressive to me in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, aggressive offensively for sure. Um, and but we have yeah. to talk about we got to talk about the defense. Um, fourth quarter defense is something that Clifford has been harping on all season as one of the things that the Hornets would have to improve in order to get more victories uh, for this team. And it was an issue again uh, against the Clippers. Uh, he pointed to several plays, uh, but the first two plays of the fourth quarter for the Clippers offensively were two plays that he highlighted, and um, both of them scored by Alan Anderson, who is a former Bobcats alum, but certainly not somebody who is known for um, you know offensive output, uh, but he was able to get to the middle of the floor and get to the rim with, with just simply too much ease. And uh, some of that falls on Marco Bellinelli, but the t- the t- it's all about team defense. And you can't let guys, especially like Alan Anderson, who is a solid player, but you can't let him get to the middle of the floor and set the tone for that fourth quarter. So many times in the fourth quarter, they had opportunities to make runs, tie the ball game, and either uh, passed up good opportunities on offense or, or were not able to get a deflection, get a stop, get the ball back going in the other direction on defense. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Nick Batum? Uh, well, sure. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about it. So 118 left in the game. Uh, Nick Batum passes up a perfectly good opportunity to knock down a three-point shot. Instead, turns the ball over, uh, tries to pass it back out to Frank Kaminsky, who was uh, uh, covered very well on the play. And uh, so, David, what do you think? I mean, it seems like you were right in your analysis, and, and one of our fans pointed it out as well, Keith, via email to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. The subject line was, David was right. Listen, was I correct? Sure. Does it feel good? Of course it does, Doug, but listen, um, <laughs> no, it doesn't really feel good, but I mean, that's something we've seen you know, before last weekend and before last week. Um, but, but like I said, for most of that game, he was, he was playing the opposite way. He was playing more aggressive and looking to take those shots. I just could not believe 
that one was egregious. I mean, that one was pretty bad. It could be, everyone in the building was just saying, "Why didn't you shoot that ball?" It's you have to shoot that. Yeah, Austin you, you River. Are, Austin Rivers was that. was his defender coming out, and and he had plenty of room to shoot, and and you could see it on his face immediately after making the play. He understood what had happened, and several guys came over to pat him on the back and say it's all right. Um, but it's a key yeah. moment in a key game, one that they could have stole, and they were they still would have been down two points at that point. So you know, right. one eighteen, plenty of time left. It wasn't. It felt like it decided the game, but it didn't necessarily decide the game. And as you said, twenty five points for Nick Batum, seven of thirteen from the field. He hit four three pointers in this game, got to the line, eight assists, six rebounds. This was a fantastic game for Nick Batum, but. It is these moments at the end of games where they they really need a stop and can't get it. They need to hit a corner three and can't knock it down, or they make an egregious turnover. One of the few in this game, seven turnovers responding to uh, Coach Clifford's call not to turn the ball over and give good teams a chance to win. Uh, But in that key moment, it does happen. Let's talk about some good, though. Frank Kaminsky's fourth quarter offense, 12 points on four or five shooting in this fourth quarter. He gets the start for the injured Cody Zeller, and uh, he just um, played fantastic offensively. Uh, He knocked down two open threes to keep the Hornets within striking distance. He caught a perfect over-the-top pass from Nick Batum right right under the rim, uh, he gave a little fake, and I thought for sure he was going to serve up some green eggs and yam, a little stand-up jam, but instead he missed a bunny layup, but he had to put back his own miss. He does, though. Um, oh, thank and, God. and I was thinking, you know, will we ever get a Frank Kaminsky dunk highlight to play on this show? Hold on, hold on. The next offensive possession, what happens? Hornets five on four. Oh, man, it, it felt so good. And the, the arena absolutely exploded. And that happened just shortly after Frank misses. And the crowd sort of let out a little groan when he missed. And then they were absolutely elated for him uh, when he knocked it down. So uh, good job there, Frank. Only the big ones for Frank. Only the big ones. That's... He finished with 20 <laughs> points, eight rebounds, five assists, one steal, and two blocks. That might be his best just statistical game uh, in his career. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and I, you like to see that aggressiveness, obviously. I, I don't think he's a guy that's – he's had a bit of a, those, uh, you know, the misses lately from close in. But, I mean, I don't remember that over the last, I don't know, year and a half being a big issue for for him as far as, you know, missing those little bunnies. But he's got to convert on those for sure. I, I definitely thought DeAndre Jordan was going to try and get over and block that shot because he was the only guy – I mean, the, the seas parted for Frank on that dunk. But DeAndre was kind of there waiting. I guess he was a little too far, but it had to come kind of across Frank. Yeah, it was a complete breakdown on defense for the Clippers. They they just I don't Austin Rivers just sort of looked at him. It was it was crazy. He just yeah. sort of went, oh okay, there goes Frank. It was amazing. Yeah, so you know that's the aggressive aggressiveness that he needs, and the Hornets desperately need too. So good to see. I mean, it's a shame that that effort and that production goes. You know, in a loss um, comes it comes for the Hornets in a loss. So, uh, yeah, Hornets yeah, twenty four yeah. and thirty on the year. Uh, they sit in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. Still, you know, not out of the playoff discussion by any stretch of the imagination. But you do have a surging Miami Heat team um, that are are chasing them very aggressively. 
but some other teams are falling back as well. So uh, right. the Eastern Conference playoff race is going to get interesting. The Charlotte Hornets one and nine in their last ten games, and yet are are still uh, not out of it. So um, they they have an important. Uh, stretch coming up that first of all they've got to get this victory against Philadelphia which we'll preview here in a moment um, but they've got an important road uh, a road stretch coming up that they will have to reel off a few victories and hey interesting moment after the game David Clifford uh, coach Clifford was asked whether this team needs another veteran on the team and it was in the context of the discussion that we've had on this show about bench production um, but that was the question. Does this team need another veteran? And here was Clifford's response. No. Brian's good. And no, here's the thing. No, no, no. Here, here's the thing. I mean, is it, it's like this. And this is what I told Ramon in the summer when we signed him. And this is what I told Brian. It's what I've told all of them. Okay. It isn't that he's not good. It's that Kemba is so good. Okay, so there's Coach Clifford. A couple of interesting things there. So, again, the question was, does this team need another veteran? And Coach Clifford says no, and then says, Brian's good. Yeah, how many minutes Brian played on on Saturday, Doug? How many? Six. And yeah, so I get that was Clifford's point. I get the Clifford's point was it's you know Brian Brian is is a good player, but he played six minutes because and he would go on to discuss you know him ramping up Kimba Walker's minutes because Kimba Walker sure. is the unquestioned best player on this team. But really? um, at the same time, I, I, I'm with you, David. I, I don't, with all due respect to Coach Clifford, uh, Brian oh. Roberts it, and Ramon Sessions, even when he comes back is not going to be the answer to this team's bench production needs. No. Did he ask him specifically about the back guard, about the, the, uh, the point guard spot, or did he just say no, the No, that's the interesting part about it, is the question was, this: does this team need another veteran? Right. He didn't mention the, the point guards. I guess, well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess when you think of the veterans on this team, you are going to think of Sessions and and Well, no, Roberts you think of that whole, of the particularly, the whole at the backup point guard position, I think. That's yeah. what, that's the deal. Yeah. Because they made the move to try to figure out the center position or the front court in general. They made that move. So there's really only one move left to make. And Jeez. there it is. Uh, and the yeah. reason, and the reason that it's even more important now is because of uh, Kimball Walker's performance in February. It looks like the performance that the performances that got him into the All Star game have faded away and given way to uh, some really tough offensive outputs here in February. Thirteen point two points, three rebounds, five assists. In, in the month of February, compare that with January, 24.5 points a game, 4.4 rebounds, and 5.7 assists. He's shooting 28.4% uh, from the field, 23.3% from beyond the arc. Then back to January where he shot 44.5% and 40.2%. So significant drops in production. He's officially in a slump, David. What's been most surprising about his slow start this month? Uh, just that. I mean, he's been so so consistent since the beginning of last year. So it's a little shocking to see him fade back into some of these slumps that we definitely saw like the first four years in his career. Right? Um, they've leaned on him so much this year. His usage percentage right now is the highest of his career this season. 
the minutes are about the same as last year. I mean, a shade under, but about the same. I mean, those are jumps from the previous four years, too. But, I mean, he looked exhausted to me in that game, Doug. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. You don't see him airball three-pointers, you know, or, or you know, air, or anything. And he missed, starting to miss some of those a little underneath the basket, which is a little more understandable, and you can see those coming. But, I mean – he looks he looks beat up and tired. He played forty one minutes in that game. Um, so, so, but that's, here's that's a but lot. David, I, I so I keep hearing this. Okay, I keep well, hearing this I mean, from other media sources um, and that Kimba is is tired. That Kimba yeah. needs a break. That mm-hmm. Kimba may have dead legs. Maybe mm-hmm. look, maybe that's all the case. But okay. but if, if I just give you that. Is that is that enough to explain the numbers we've seen? I don't think so. I think if he were uh, fatigued somewhat, you would certainly see a regression, but not th- not this. This is a falling off of the cliff in terms of production. Uh, in my mind, this sounds like people making excuses for Kimba Walker that he would not make nah. for himself. And, and and it's an excuse that people would not accept. And correct me if I'm wrong, David, but I don't think that this is an excuse that people would accept for John Wall or Isaiah Thomas or I mean, Kyrie is Irving. Is or, it an excuse if it's if it's fact though? I mean, he how looks, is it fact? But exhausted. no one no one's asked him about it, and no, no one's I mean, no one's asked him about fatigue. How, how is this fact? We're assuming like, like that he's we're assuming that the three that the threes miss are because of some physical ailment. No, it's just his legs. But I mean, I think. One, but here's okay. So, but okay, to bit. that, to that, David, uh, okay. those guys that I just mentioned, John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade, all players who have higher usage rates than Kimball Walker. None that, and some of them have improved in February. None of them. Are you talking have, about Dwayne Wade this year? Yes. Well, he's not even playing every night. Okay. I mean, we'll take the other know. guys then: John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving. What's your point? They haven't fallen off and Kimba has? That's exactly I mean, my point, and they okay. have higher usage rates. I'm saying that's not it. that can't be entirely it. Well, it's not entirely it, but I'm not I didn't I want not seeing the usage rate as much as just the minutes and the load and and the responsibility he has for everything on this team. He I mean, looks, who are you who are looks, you game planning for? He looks frustrated. I th- well, well, okay, there's another there's another great point, okay? So teams are are definitely keying in on him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because I saw it several times in the Clippers game, they're they're bringing guys. Whenever he tries to drive the lane, they're bringing that guy who's guarding that corner uh, three. They're bringing him over to stop Kimball Walker's driving lane, and they know they can right. because the Hornets have a tough time putting four shooters out on the floor. So they they can make gambles on the Hornets, and even the three point shooters that they put out on the floor are struggling to make open three-point shots and teams I think teams know that okay so you're, you're having that aspect of it but I think there I think there's a frustration level on Kemba's part sure. he's had to Absolutely. he's had to carry so much of the offensive load and he's seeing teams key in on him and him not really be able to do anything about it and you know, you can see him get frustrated by foul calls. You know, he's looking for he's looking for opportunities to get fouled at the rim, and they're not coming. And the the layups aren't. Are, he's not knocking down the layups. I mean, he had that opportunity against. This is where I think it's not physical. Is he had that opportunity against the Clippers? Little simple. I mean, he was wide open, finger roll layup. It was right there for him, and he misses. 
And, and I, I mean, just, I'm not saying he's hurt. I'm not saying he's physical. I'm saying, hey, yes, he's definitely. I think he's tired without a doubt. But also, they're losing, and also they can't get anything to go right. And he's without a key guy in Cody Zeller. All this stuff is just piling on him. I'm saying it's a physical and mental exhaustion from him at this point, and he's having a tough yeah. time digging himself out of it. I I'm mean, not, listen, so I listen David. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be radio guy here. I'm just saying <laughs> that th- that's not something. This performance level is and and the the tired legs thing would not be something that I think fans in Washington would give to John Wall or fans in Boston would give to Isaiah Thomas or fans in Cleveland would give to Kyrie Irving. They expect an all-star performance after they are selected as all-stars. That's fine, but I can look at all this team, especially, I mean, particularly the last two guys you mentioned. I mean, I think Kemba made the all-star team, one, because he played like an all-star, two, because people look at this team and say, A, how are they winning? It's all on Kemba Walker. He's the only guy they can count on to so score you think for the every lo- night, the, and he doesn't the, have the, much help. The losing, it's not even that the him not getting help is causing him to do more, because again, all those guys that I mentioned have higher usage rates. I think what you're saying, and I could get on board with this, that the fact that he's not getting help is disheartening and frustrating and could be and the, the the losing is it's having an impact on everyone. Yeah, when you're when you're losing and you can't seem to find your way out of that, okay. it affects you mentally. But I mean, I can get his usage rate, like his his usage rate. Why? I mean, I, you know, the fact that Wall or these other guys have a higher usage rate. I mean, Kemba's never had this high, right? I mean, that's what that's what matters when you're talking about one guy. He's never had a usage rate this high. Um, it's never so this been is this your 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 uh, similar to your uh, your Michael Kidd Gilchrist argument, just uh, from the numbers wise. Yeah, so I from mean, the perspective of it's the first time that he's played a you know from MKG's perspective, it's it's the first time that he's played a long series of games, and that could right. be having some effects. Okay, I mean, it but, could. but my I thing mean, is, look, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right Here's the thing: it yeah. doesn't matter because the the Hornets need him to play better or. This is going to be a disaster. It's all on him. I mean, that's, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Right, they have well. to get him back to normal. They need a rest. Um, if he, if he, I mean, I was starting to think about a three point contest. But my <laughs> thing is, so, so that's game. where I, I guess that's where I get upset is when you say, well, he needs a rest. No, he doesn't need a rest. I mean, he played 40 plus minutes last night and he, and he looked he a break. in the Sometimes fourth quarter, he looked, he looked frustrated, but he didn't look physically uh, any different. Than he did in the. In, I don't know, man. I mean, he's. He, I don't some of the so. shots were not even close. Okay. I mean, but I don't. That, that, those are le- that's legs to me. I mean, that's legs to me. He's not just going to throw up a couple. Of well, listen, you're, you're a legs guy. You're a legs guy. <laughs> I, I care. I, mean, I want to know I'm, what they're thinking. That see, that's the difference between you and I. You're a legs guy, and I want to know what's going on in, in, you in their know head. What Kimba's thinking. I'm, he's thinking. God bless. I cannot get anything to go. Um, even, I mean, the frustrating part for him, I know is that like we, we highlighted, you had Nick who had a great game. You had Frank who had a good game. You had two guys off the bench who had a good game and he could not hold up his end of the bargain. So, I mean, that's gotta be eating at, eating at him inside. You look at like Marvin and MKG, they didn't have good nights either, but it all comes down to Kimba. Um, even when the other guys are, are on, it's hard to get by without Kimba Walker being his best. So. You have to hope that he's tired, Doug. I mean, honestly, you have to hope, given what we've seen over the last year and a half, this is a blip, and that he'll get back to, you know, what he was been doing in the second half of the season, find his second win. I mean, he's going to have to. This is a new experience for him. 
being an all-star, being the guy, um, and being leading a team, you know, so much in the first half of the season. And I just think everything is, 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 is pounded down on him. And we don't know of any physical ailments other than the sickness he had a, a few weeks ago. I, I don't think that's lingering. Um, we don't know for sure, but you wouldn't have any signs of it. He, he gives it his all every night. I just think it's, it's been a lot for him this season. Well, for those who, who discuss uh, Kimball Walker's minutes or, or, his, or the, the amount that he's had to carry this team or whatnot, uh, Steve Clifford had some comments on this after the game against Los Angeles. Let's hear those. If you look at the makeup of our team, now I've played him less minutes this year than the other years. If you think about the first three years, especially that first year, when do we make our run late in the year? I just stopped taking him out of the game. It's official. Podcasts are where advertisers want to be. More and more people are listening to podcasts every day, and studies show that podcast listeners are some of the most engaged consumers out there. If you have a business or service, consider a sponsorship on Locked on Hornets. Rates are affordable, and you'll be supporting the best Hornets talk anywhere. Send an email to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com for more information. All right, the Hornets wrap up their homestand tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. Hornets starting center Cody Zeller is listed at this time as doubtful. The Sixers dealing with their own front court personnel issues. Starting center Joel Embiid is rehabbing a minor meniscus tear and isn't expected back on the court until after the All-Star break. But he can be seen at a Meek Mill concert near you, David. So, yeah, get out and see him. And reserve big man Jalil Okafor did not make the trip to Charlotte because he is currently the subject of trade talks with multiple teams. Charlotte not listed as one of those reported teams. Despite all of that, the Sixers are winning ball games, and they've won their past two. They snapped the Miami Heat's 13-game winning streak, and they sit only four games back of the Charlotte Hornets in the Eastern Conference. Kind of hard to believe, David. This insane. I mean, there's no other Tru- way to The process play. has been trusted. Well, first of all, thanks for finally knocking off Miami. I mean, geez, they were, they're, they're nipping at the Hornets' heels right now uh, for that eighth spot, right? So somebody needed to cool them off a little bit. But I think it's good, obviously, that MB's not playing. Um, that would be helpful for Charlotte. And this is a game they should win. I mean, I, that's just flat out. They have to win this if they want to keep going and you know turn the season around. I just think it's crazy this the Sixers bounce because it, it you know we we hear all the time about the talent that it takes to win NBA basketball games. And while they certainly have you know good players on this team, uh, they they don't have uh, with Embiid you know being in and out of the lineup. They don't have that star power. Uh, at all times. Um, they have a balanced scoring attack, though, that relies on speed and energy and creating turnovers, so the Hornets will have to protect the basketball. T.J. McConnell has been extremely clutch and not afraid to m- make plays down the stretch in games. Uh, he had a, a pretty big shot in their last one against Miami. Uh, key shooting performances from Covington and Sharich, uh really keep this Sixers team in the game, and they have a great bench unit. Um, the Sixers got the better of the Hornets in their last matchup, a wire-to-wire victory back on January 13th. That was during the 0-5 road trip after the win against Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, what do you take away from that last matchup that they'll have to watch for in this one, David? That was a game that the Hornets could have won the, the entire game, and they just never made a move um, to, to win. But also, mm-hmm. remember, they did have him beat in that game, and he was a beast. I mean, I think that was like when he first started coming back, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like, that was kind of the first 
couple games of his run. Does that seem right to you? That seems just right. Remember that. Yeah. So he's not playing tonight. That's good. Um, I, I mean, Doug, we talk about this with the Hornets, right? How how there's a funk and you just can't break out of it, and it feels like nothing can go right now, right at this point in time. And it's the exact opposite when you look at Embiid and the Sixers. I mean, he has energized this team and made them feel like, hey. You know, we're NBA players, too, and just by definition. We play in the NBA, so we should be able to win some of these games, and you can see the difference that makes in these guys because, like you said, there's no way they should be – you would think they would be winning some of these games and be in them, even with MB, but he's really turned the the culture around in that locker room. I mean, it's a lot of, like, coach speak and, um, and, and cliche, but, I mean, I think it's true in this case. The, this team was dead in the water before he, he came on there and started dancing and joking and – given his Twitter uh, campaigns for All-Star Games. So it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do. I think that's the key, matching their energy and intensity to begin the basketball game. Because if you look back at both of these matches, the 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 Sixers jumped on them early. And the, the Hornets had to spend most of the first half and into the third quarter rallying and then in the first matchup, they eventually overtook them. But turnovers, 19 in that last game, uh, doomed the Hornets in the second half. So they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to move the basketball better and get much better play from the bench unit. Only nine points in the second half from the Hornets bench. And that's asking a lot because uh, the, the bench has not been uh, you know, producing offensively. But they're going to have to do a better job because, as I said, the Sixers – uh, they they can they've got shooters on this bench and, and, and they yeah, can pile up bench, the points, but they turn yeah, the ball over scores. too, and you have to take advantage of those turnovers. Yeah, the Sixers bench ranks fourth in the NBA, Insane. an average of forty points per game. That's wow. All right, uh, come back here for a recap tomorrow. We will talk about this game and much more. All right, a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the Hornets and the NBA on the World Wide Web, and when that happens, we got to go surfing. Cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite. Searching for a website, a window to the world. Got to get online. Take a spin now. You're in with techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. All right, going surfing on the internet first to ESPN.com, where Zach Lowe mentions the Charlotte Hornets in his latest article, specifically Marco Bellinelli, and an interesting tactic that Bellinelli has taken to uh, get a little extra offense this season. Uh, quoting from the article here, Zach Lowe saying, Bellinelli is threatening to surpass Russell Westbrook as the league's most notorious arm and leg splayer on three-point attempts. He's been getting away with it too often lately. The benefit of the doubt when there is contact on a jumper has tilted too far towards shooters this season. Do you agree, David? Mm-hmm. Do I agree with uh, the fact that he does that? Or, or, or that, that it's still either, too far? both. Um, he definitely does that. I feel like he does that all the time, though. Like he's he, Some of his shots are he's literally, yeah, he's literally turning from almost his back to the basket, right? And he's whipping around. Um, it is a thing in the NBA uh, for some reason. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think it's, it's, it's an epidemic? I thought it's been cracked down on. They, they're trying, well, they're trying to crack down on, it, it seems like Marco's it's so, it, it's so like whiplash the way he does it. it it's, yeah. it's just like, it seems like you can't deny him. Um, I mean, it is, it is really played up. 
Uh, so so maybe that's that's factoring into it as well. But he's definitely doing it. He did it on one he particular play against it. Los Angeles that there was no contact whatsoever. He's just gotten into this groove where he just does it. It's just a natural part of his shot motion. It's like a wind up. And it's, right? it's, it's weird because he's mastered it to the point where he can execute that little bit of extra what is splaying or, you know, arm spastic movement right yeah. after his shot motion. So, you know, because if you were to introduce that just a little bit too early, then it's going to affect your shot. But he's still able to knock down shots and do that. It's it's really interesting. But yeah, maybe we'll yeah. see the NBA crack down on it. I really do think for him, it at least looks like it's almost a follow through. Like it's his whole body follow through. I get it. But I'm just trying to, if, if that's why the refs are not calling it or giving him the benefit of the doubt, it's almost like it's his, 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 his body movement. You know, his windup is so aggressive that when he follows through and comes all the way around, his other limbs are just flying out there in the air. I mean, it's, it's really interesting to watch him fire up some of those deep threes and he's just like contorted and then you know springs into action and next up is charles oakley the new york nick legend versus the owner of the new york knicks jimmy dolan it's getting uglier somehow this confrontation between the two fresh accusations about what charles oakley said coming from the new york knicks meanwhile uh, James Dolan recruiting any former Knicks star he can pay to sit beside him at games for support. This is weird as it gets, David, in the NBA. What's your take on this entire situation? The Knicks, I mean, oh my gosh. I thought the Bulls would be a, a pretty big dumpster fire, as I said before. They kind of are, but I mean, nothing can beat the Knicks this year. It, this is incredible. I mean, think about that, Doug. The Knicks, the New York Knicks. I mean, if there's a landmark franchise, right, in the NBA, it's they're up there with like the Lakers and the Celtics, and see this thing just crumbling apart. And they have a superstar. They 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 have at least one superstar, right? It's um, a shame. And they can't just <laughs> they can't get out of their own way. Uh, I think if you haven't seen Adrian Wojnarowski's um, clip on this on uh, YouTube, or I mean on Twitter. And on uh, the Yahoo Sports, the vertical, he does a whole breakdown of this situation where it's like Charles Oakley earned his way to being a New York Nick and uh, uh, Dolan did not. I mean, it is total fire mm. from Woj. I-, I gained a whole new respect for him after that clip. Uh, so go check that out. It is a, a great breakdown of this situation. Do you, mean, do you think? Uh-huh. Do you think? Do you think the Hornets? MJ, should they invite Oakley down? Because I mean, you know, once a Bobcat, always a Bobcat. If you're even if you're F- on the bench as a yeah, coach, yeah, exactly. Former former assistant coach. Why not? Yeah, have him should sit. Have him have him sit beside MJ as a counter to <laughs> to LJ and just con- um, continue that LJ Hornets feud. Yeah, just poke the bear a little bit. Just you know, give him a tribute video. Just all of his time on the Bobcats bench. You know, just get the crowd real fired up. I love it. I love this. is a great idea. Um, all right, Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook. It's getting uglier somehow as well. These two uh, going back and forth during the game. What did you think about KD's return to Oklahoma City? Oh, man. Um, People in the Midwest are mean. They were – there was like some talk. Do y'all think, uh, you know, they'll cheer KD or boom? I mean, I was all in on the boot train. Like, I did not think they would give him a break at all. And they did not. They had cupcakes out. They had a guy dressed as a cupcake. They had cupcake chants. I mean, they had coward T-shirts. I thought purple shirt guy was there at one at one point because you know they were jawing, jawing back and forth. With no, he was at the. Cl- and- I saw him at the Clippers game. He he made an appearance. <laughs> he was not on the. He was not on his his uh, seat his seat last year, but he was there. 
Um, but did you watch any of this game, Doug? Because this was after the Hornets game, so everyone was probably a little down after this. But, I mean, it wasn't a close game at all. Uh, Russell Westbrook is one is probably the most entertaining guy to watch right now for me. I mean, just he, he is – there's one guy just trying to do everything himself and, and almost pulling it off, it's him. But the Warriors are just too much for the for the Thunder. I mean, well, I'll tell the you crowd one thing. Was Russell Westbrook's not... Russell Westbrook's legs look fine. Oh, well, he's a, he's an android. Okay, he's built. I'm in just West saying, World, Doug. What I'm do just you want? saying. I'm, and here's my thing. I'm not. This is like not. How, this is not what I'm saying. I want to make something now. clear, David. What I'm saying is not an is not an attack on Kimball Walker. It's an attack on that right. argument. I think that argument is I, not valid. I think it's it goes back to what Steve Clifford it goes back to what Steve Clifford said about uh, the city of Charlotte letting this team off the hook. There's too many excuses, too many. Well, Kimba's tired and he needs a break. No, no, no. This team needs to play better, and Kimba Walker knows that he needs to play better. Like that's just I think, it. I, who's offering it as an excuse, though? I mean, I think plenty I'm of people. That's what it looks like. All right, final final thing. Know. We could fight about this all morning. Final thing here from Deadspin, the headline, Nuggets and Blazers get the NBA started on the race to the trade deadline. Of course, referencing the trade uh, that sends Yosef uh, Nurkic to the Blazers in exchange for Mason Plumley. A couple of picks exchanged as well. But hey, wait a minute. Didn't the Hornets get it started? And didn't they also deal for a Plumley? How is this... Uh, how is this a thing? No respect. No respect, as usual. I mean, what, what, how many plumbers do you have to trade for before you get a little recognition? <laughs> Can we get in on this plumbing? Come on. The, the, the Hornets definitely got the trade. Anyway, all right. Thanks, Deadspin. Appreciate that. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tell us what you think about everything that we've talked about on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, or you can email us buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. We're back again tomorrow with a recap of this game against the Philadelphia 76ers. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Sixers. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.